Greetings and salutations. Welcome to Ref the District. I am the stoner. That's Trev right over there. This is episode 100. That's Trev and Kobe who is joining us for this show. Uh, this is episode number 100, Trev. This is a big deal. You're Why are you muted? You're, you're definitely muted. I can't hear anything you're saying. All right, yeah, so this is, that was Kobe. And yeah, the century mark. That's nuts. 100 episodes? 100 episodes. What no, number... Was what? it when I joined? What I don't know. I was you? thinking about that today. I can't remember what number it was, but if you figure you joined what, probably in August-ish yeah. of mm-hmm. 2021, uh, and we started in the end of January, so that was probably episode 20, something in there. Wow, that's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, but uh, yeah, episode 100. Now, we've done tons of different content, right? But yeah. as far as our flagship Wednesday night, Live, 7.30, no matter what, we've never missed. This is the 100. Don't miss. <laughs> just don't miss. <laughs> <laughs> we just don't miss, bro. <laughs> so uh, so welcome, everybody, into the show. Of course, Nathan is not here. Nathan is traveling for the holidays. He is certainly going to check out the replay on either YouTube or Facebook, just like some of you all are doing right now. If you are not here live with us, which uh, we've got a bunch of people already here, but if not, you can check out the replay, of course, on YouTube, um, or you can listen to the audio version of it. We don't talk too much about the audio version, but we've got uh, every time it goes out there on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, on Amazon Music Podcasts, and of course on Apple. Um, Everywhere. You can find us anywhere. You can find us on all the social media sites, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Of course, that's where we're at mostly. Um, So we've got a big show. We've got a big show for all of you today. Uh, Later on, we're going to talk a little bit about um, we're going to give our predictions for the San Francisco versus Washington game. The dollar just like we always do. And uh, and of course, um, we might even talk a little bit about the Wiz, who uh, finally broke their losing streak last night. Uh, there oh, he is. He's here in the chat watching us. He's probably on the road because he doesn't drive, so he's probably uh, being driven somewhere out there in the middle of nowhere, driving, beating, beating the weather <laughs> this, way, uh, this way, starting probably Friday, tomorrow or Friday. If you guys keep watching me look over like this, it's because I've got my beloved Tar Heels playing the Michigan yeah. right now. So and I'm rooting for North Carolina because you know I, I, I am you. very anti-Michigan. So <laughs> here we go. Uh, right. During the game portion yeah. of our show today, we're gonna of course be talking all about San Francisco against uh, Washington. What it's gonna take to beat them? Is it even possible? Uh, the keys to victory, of course. We're gonna go, go over the injury report. Um, that came out today, of course, and for both Washington and San Francisco. And also, we're probably we're going to talk a little Heineke versus Wentz. Okay, yep. who should be starting? Who will be starting? Not only this week, but next week and for the rest of the season. But before we get to all of that, Trev, yeah, here in the warm up, uh-huh. I wanted to talk a little bit about last Sunday's game. Okay. Against the Giants, because you were not here for day after reckoning on Monday. You were working, tended yep. to the Sky Bar, and we'll talk all about our sponsors throughout today's show. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted to get your sort of um, your 
what you thought about the game and how you felt about it because and i want to bring this up right here because uh, we talked a lot about these whole conspiracy theories about how the nfl does not want dan snyder in the playoffs you know so it's a whole conspiracy so they're doing all these uh they're paying off the referees to make ridiculous calls or non-calls tell tell everybody about your experience first of all yeah. Going to the game and the sweet oh, and all of that. So yeah, so Rep the District podcast, we got to enjoy the game on Sunday night from a suite up top, suite three twenty six. Um, it was my first experience, first experience in a suite. Yeah, magical. I told Stoner when we got into the suite, I don't want to sit anywhere else ever. <laughs> I know, <laughs> can't go sit with the commoners anymore. Yeah, like I don't, I don't know what's gonna happen with that. Yeah. But uh, I yeah. liked that experience. It was nice. You got to see the entire field, the entire stadium. That place was packed. packed. I think honestly, since I've been going to games, that was probably like the most people I've seen in the stadium, and probably, probably the I think it was like the highest stake game I've ever been to in person too. So that's mm. that was a good experience. Yeah. Um, but now and what would you the, say would the is the ratio of commanders to Giants fans? Because we oh, have a think, little debate about that as well. So normally the away team floods like I don't know how you look at the stadium, but whenever wherever I get tickets, the, the away side is always on my left side. So usually down in the in the lower bowl on the left side, it's all visitors fans, even up top to the second level, maybe even up third, mm-hmm. up to the third level too. But for some reason this Sunday, I felt like the lower bowl was Giants, but it wasn't as packed and as supportive as a normal away team is for us, which is surprising because we've had the same record going into the game. Yeah. You know, fighting for playoff spots, this and that. I mean, they were there, but even during tailgate, like you barely saw any New York Giants. Yeah, we noticed that. Fans, like, yeah. So I think maybe the weather and the travel has something to do with it being holiday season and stuff too. But I mean, they were definitely there. Don't get me wrong, but it wasn't the normal like visitor side where they usually drown out the rest of the stadium. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I thought that was very nice. I mean, the players were on camera after practices saying, you know, come out. They left the train station open for an extra hour so fans could come and enjoy the game and stuff. Yep. So, like, they did a bunch to to honor and, and consider the fans in this game. But now to the game part. Yeah. Um, it's just – I'm still sick to this day when I think about it. Yeah. Outside the referee stuff, which we'll get to, I'm sure. But, like – we. <laughs> We can't put ourselves in that position for the referees to make those bad calls. Sure. I mean, yes, they're bad calls. I'm not giving excuses for referees, but that's how it happens. We put ourselves in that position. I just don't understand how on paper and on field production both have proven that we have weapons on offense and we can't score points. Right. Our defense, we put our, our offense in position to score every time. Our defense is, for the most part, is doing its job all season long. After for sure. Since one and four. Um, for sure. You know what I mean? And it's just, yeah, they might, you know, let up here and there. But for the most part, they're doing their job. And offense is not doing their job. We can. It's, it's, it seems like we're pretty good in between the 20s. Right. The 20 and before, it's like we don't know how to, to call a play. Right. The red like, zone has just been a bugaboo today. I, I, I mean, don't get year. it. And you, you go and watch highlights after the game on sports and other teams. And you see how easy it is easy it is for them. It's like, why can't we do that? Why right. literally aren't we doing that? Yeah. Uh, prime example, second and three, Taylor Heineke's your quarterback, and you call a flea flicker. Right, right. Well, I don't know, but I I kind of think second and three flea flicker is okay. The problem I had was the third and three after that, when you don't complete it, 
and you run an inside handoff to Curtis Samuel. Which, by the way, why is he getting a lot of touches at running back right now for some reason? Well, I, I'm okay with him getting touches, but it wasn't working this past no. year. It wasn't working, and sometimes you just got to say it's not working, and you got to get away from it. But, but B-Rob was working. B-Rob was working, and he My had four was- carries in the second half. 12 carries total. Yeah. I, I just don't That's, understand yeah. that. Like, I, I know, like, I'm not a coach. I'm not a player. I'm not in the building. But we're on this podcast. Mm-hmm. We kind of have a little knowledge of what we're talking about with football. I mean, we're fans. We watch the game every Sunday, whether it's our team or anybody else. We watch other stuff outside of this, the game, like, you know, after interviews, stuff like that, to know that if it's if you're running the ball effectively – Averaging seven and a half yards a carry. Keep doing it. You keep doing it. Yeah, absolutely. If Especially when three, your your quarterback in the first half uh, had that sack fumble touchdown and, you know, stop dropping him back five step drops at your own goal line. Thank you. You, you just got to stop doing that if your offensive lineman can't handle a rookie defensive end. And I don't understand – Maybe the past two years we've had Heineke, he can escape the pressure. He doesn't do a very good job of that anymore. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't. Yeah, I'm feeling you, Trev. Uh, before we move on, uh, actually, we're going to talk about the referees here in just a second. But I I, I did want – I'd be remiss if I didn't uh, welcome everybody who is already here watching us live. We've got uh, folks like uh, Elian's here. Tommy T, of course, is in the house. Michael Stahl, always here. Kimbra. Perry, uh, Nathan's mom is here. Dugford, Commandees, who's always here. Allison is uh, in here. She's a big uh, uh, stats um, stats person. Yeah. She's got to turn that light off. Um, and uh, she does some great articles. Follow her on Twitter. Of course, Nathan is probably in here as he's cruising across America. Gus Bus. Um, let's see who else we got in here. We've got Metaphor. Bar. That's my former boss, my former job, Michelle Ling. All right, Michelle Ling in the house. The actual uh, Washington commanders are in the house. All right. So maybe uh, um, Mr. Snyder or Mr. Wright, uh, they are here uh, watching us. Uh, uh, (laughs) Clifton Taylor's in here. Of course, we've got uh, Tone Ja. I don't think we know um, Tone Ja. I don't think. uh, Welcome in, Tone Ja. We appreciate you being here. And uh, so I just wanted to make sure that we got – all those folks recognize. So let's talk a little bit about um, uh, the referees at there at the end on the, on the Terry, um, the Terry play. My okay, God. when he got flagged, and mm-hmm. I brought up something, and I'm sure you probably didn't see it, but what I said was, of course, Terry said the referee told him he was good. Mm-hmm. Okay, and we all know Terry. Everybody in the NFL knows Terry. Terry is full of integrity. He's a great dude. He's a leader. There's no reason to not believe him. But let me just tell you this, Trev. That referee did not tell Terry McLaurin that he was good. Because there's no way on earth that he would say, Terry, you're good, and then throw a flag on him. He wouldn't do that. These are trained, professional men and women who are out there and earning a living doing this, and if it ever actually, if they were to ever prove it, there's no way that that person would ever have a job again, being an NFL official. So he probably thought 
that the referee told him he was good. It was a simple miscommunication. To me, that's what happened on that play. Now, he shouldn't have called it. It was ticky-tack. Mm-hmm. Terry was not trying to gain an advantage no. by being off the line. He wasn't trying to create some space to run a fade or to run an inside slant or anything like that. He simply just wasn't quite within inches of where the official wanted him to be. Is that possible, Trev, that he didn't actually tell Terry that he was good? I don't know why Terry would lie about that. I'm not saying he's lying. I know you're not. what he said. Yeah. Yeah. So regardless if the ref said he was good or not, the ref motioned with his hand to tell him where to go. Right. Told him to move up. Which is, I think, is like kind of a confirmation of you're good, in my opinion, if the referee's telling you where to go and you line up there. And then you give another thumbs up, even though um, Devin McCourty on uh, Good Morning Football said that he – Terry didn't actually look back a second time to make sure he just he just threw a thumbs up while he was looking at the ball. And I guess mm-hmm. maybe Terry thought he said you're good at that point, but either way, the ref told him where to go. Right. And then immediately put his hand on the on the on the flag, ready to yeah. go. Yeah. I just don't understand that. And I also right. found out being a referee in the NFL is a part-time job. Do you know that? I don't know. Is it still? They've been I, talking for was, years about making them full timers. I watch a lot of sports shows. So I was watching Pat McAfee, and they were saying yeah. there that they're, they're part time, and like they to resolve that, they should treat it like a football team. Get all these referees during OTAs, have them break off in different groups, go to different camps during the off season, train, and make it a full time position because I, I guess it is part. Tommy T saying it's part time, and that yeah. could be a problem. Yeah, that could be a problem because you there's no continuity with the refs anymore. There's none. Hmm. And the guy, the one in the white hat who announces and makes the calls has to go off with all the other judges and, and referees are going by. So a long time, well-known white hat referee might have never known or, or referee with the one guy who threw the flag ever until this game. And maybe his version of illegal formation is different than John Hussey's, but John mm-hmm. Hussey has to call it because the referee, you know what I'm saying? So like, yeah, John Hussey is not going to go over there and, and say, be like, no, it's not. Yeah, yeah. It, no referee's ever done that because like, he's I mean, not there. He's not no. on the line, and that's not his right. job. Now his they job might converse. is to trust his. Yeah. Person. Now we've seen instances where they throw the flag and they get together and huddle, and maybe a more experienced out of the whatever will be like, right. oh, hey, that's not it, and they pick the flag up. So but you that's can't do I, that because he's on the line making a call mm-hmm. about being on the line. Yeah. So that's something needs to be done because it's not just our game. Yeah. And and. So, I, and Gus is asking if it's customary for the referee to give you a thumbs up. It is. It is. You'll see it on 95% of the mm-hmm. plays when the receivers go out, they look at the official. They don't necessarily need a thumbs up. No, they'll they look do. at them and the referee will tell them mm-hmm. if they're not lined up on the line or mm-hmm. off the line. You'll see them. You'll see them point mm-hmm. up this way. I'm talking about like the, Oh, the, the, the uh, receiver. receiver. Yeah, he'll... receiver will point up or he'll point at the referee. Either one, mm-hmm. or that you'll see him point behind him. They're mm-hmm. telling the referee that they are lining up behind the line. Yes, right. Yes. So, mm-hmm. and Terry did that, and and it's crazy that they did end up calling that. Yeah, and somebody right. put out there also, Trev, that they um somebody whoever did this, and I don't know how true it is. I'm just believing the person that put it out there is that all of Terry's plays from college. In the NFL, thirty six hundred plays that he's played in college in the NFL, and this is his second time he's been called for 
illegal formation. So see, so it's not good. he doesn't know what he's doing. No, the referee right? doesn't know what the illegal formation is. That's, that's <laughs> that it. could be it. I mean, that's just what it is. Yeah, yeah. And then you want to pivot on to the Curtis Samuel one. Yeah, you want to do that. Yeah, for sure. Atrocious. Yes, it was for sure. I'm not saying it costs us the game because we put ourselves costs us a position. chance at winning, yeah, or at least sure. tying, or at least having and, a chance at the and game. And for them to come out and say it's a judgment call. Well, it is a judgment call, but well, then you're. I mean, that was clearly. I mean, it was clear pass interference. My it man was. had to adjust his sleeve. His left arm was being held, so he couldn't fully extend with extend yeah. with two hands to catch the ball. Like that is just atrocious, and something needs to be done with these referees. Get yeah. them all together, make it a full time position, make them all go to camp together, so they can get some kind of continuity on the same page about what's right and what's not. Or since everything is VAR and reviewed now, right? Go ahead and make uh, OPIs and DPIs reviewable. I well, mean, if you remember, out of hand, but if you remember, they did that one year, a few years ago. They made uh, pass interference a challengeable play, and it was an absolute disaster. And I think it was for one season, and it just did not go well because it's just it's like in the NBA. Yes. You can call a foul on yeah. every play. Yes. In the NFL, you can throw a flag on every play. Mm-hmm. Okay. Especially when you have receivers and DBs. You can call pass interference on every play. Okay. But you have to ju- judge on whether you the uh, defender was uh, given an advantage mm-hmm. by his play. So, right. so maybe allow like one challenge on a DPI or OPI call a game to maybe yeah. put it down. I don't know. That was, I mean, that was atrocious. I don't care who you are, what team. That was really bad. Really bad. And as Nathan says, even if the ref is dirty, it's not like the NFL will award us the game. So it is time to move on. (laughs) So let's move on uh, past that game. I'm going to run the show as he's traveling. That's That's right. Uh, Let's uh, move on, though, and let's talk about a pretty controversial subject here. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Trev, mm-hmm. what in the F is going on with Chase Young? Oh, my God. Bro. I don't understand. You have to help. And I'm going to give you a few parameters here to, to think about this uh, before you comment. Okay? Mm-hmm. Chase Young was on the injured list, right? right? Chase Young can come off of the injured list whenever mm-hmm. the team decides to designate him for return. Mm-hmm. Okay? They don't have a window that they have to do that. It's just somewhere during the course of the year. Right. Okay. Well, once he's on IR, he has to sit at least four games. Right. B-Rob did at the beginning of the year. Okay. Okay. So Mm -hmm. let me amend that statement and say it has to be at least four games. Okay. His, of course, was for much longer than that. But seven weeks ago today. He was activated. They designated him for return. Mm -hmm. And they said, okay, now we've got three weeks to decide, three weeks Mm -hmm. of practice to decide, are we going to activate him to the roster or are we going to put him on season-ending IR? Mm-hmm. They activated to the, him to the roster four weeks ago. Yep. A month ago, Trev. Yep. They said, okay, <laughs> he deserves a roster spot because he's ready to play. And he hasn't played. Mm-mm. So my question to you, Trev, is, one, why did they do that seven weeks ago when they could have done it this week, for example, and not use the roster spot like there's like they did with Curtis Hodges, 
right? They just designated mm -hmm. him to return yesterday yep. or Monday, whenever that was. Mm -hmm. Why did they do that seven weeks ago? And why is he not playing for this team? So the first question, why they do it seven weeks ago? I mean, at the time, it seemed right. And then I guess when they kept holding him out, it was because, what, the turf, and then it was a bye, and this and that. So I don't know. That's a hard question. I, why did they activate it so early? So for me, it feels like Ron Rivera is more confident in this injury than Chase Young is. Okay. But can't Chase Young communicate that to yeah, Ron Rivera? Exactly. Yeah. Why didn't he communicate that seven weeks ago? Maybe he had a setback and he's just not telling anybody. Did he have a setback? I, yeah. I, my guess is he had a setback. Did bro. he have There's a no setback way. at that Von Miller camp when everybody said he might have had a setback? I don't know if it was the Von <laughs> Miller camp or if it was just – we don't know. I mean, that that's if, – if there is one that is known, that could be it. But, like, other than that, we don't know because we, we're not in the building. We don't know what his rehab's like. Maybe he tried to go full speed. I mean, they put, they put out videos with him, like, doing work and agility drills and mm -hmm. with his helmet and stuff on and on the field with everybody else, but maybe he just tweaked it. It's kind of like the Curtis Samuel injury last it, year. It's very, very similar to how it's being handled. Yeah. Samuel from last and year. And it's funny that it's like that because Ron Rivera came out and admitted that they handled that the wrong way. They, they kept everything a secret. They just came out and tell us what was going on. Mm-hmm. But now they're kind of doing the same thing with this Chase Young injury. Right. So you got Ron Rivera saying, yeah, he's going to play this season. Uh, we kind of, you know, we we tested this. We felt like the turf game was going to be whatever. Or like, it's the bye. We can come on. He had a great visit with Dr. Andrews, whatever, whatever. And then Chase Young is like, yeah, I feel great. Great days of practice. But we have a plan, and I want to stick, and we're sticking to it. That That doesn't. It doesn't jive. No. And like they got, he got asked, um, is there anything you could change about the process of this? And he said, no, just the speed, which it was faster. Yeah. And then he was asked, if you're going to, are you going to tell about the extent, the extent of your injury? Like it's not just ACL. And he said, eventually it's like, yeah. it's very, very shady behavior between Chase Young playing and not playing. And Ron Rivera saying he's playing this season and it doesn't seem like he's going to play. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't, understand any of it. I really don't understand any of it. I know they should not be we shouldn't be in this position of questioning the team every single week yeah. if you hadn't designated him to exactly. return exactly. seven weeks ago. Exactly. If he wasn't ready seven mm -hmm. weeks ago, you mm -hmm. should not have designated him to return at that time. Now the pressure is amount is mounting like are you gonna play? You're gonna play? We have three yeah. games left. You're gonna play? We can make the playoffs you're gonna play. Exactly. Like, There's only three games left, Trev. It's and we not can like possibly go to the playoffs. Yeah. No. I, I don't get it. Nathan, don't Nathan get it says in here that he's Clowny 2.0. And listen, come on over to Oof. my side finally, Nathan, because Oof. I've been saying I haven't been saying Clowny 2.0. I've just just been saying they blew it with that Oof. draft pick at number two no, when you could no. have Herbert or Tua. We can't say he blew it yet. We can't because right. we we haven't seen him play after the injury yet. That's fair. That's fair. But right now, he is well, Jadavian Clowney. And the injury was really bad. It was ACL and the patellar tendon, too, apparently. So, like, apparently the patellar tendon was causing him more fits than the actual ACL. 
Listen, I don't know. Trev, I don't care if his knee exploded. <laughs> okay. They designated him to return I know. seven weeks ago. Yeah. That's the whole problem I have. Sure, it was more than just an ACL tear. I get it. Oh, you're just mad because they're they're putting out there that like, yo, he's ready to play. He's ready to play seven weeks ago. And he hasn't played. And then three weeks after that, when you have to make a decision to IR him for the year or bring him on the team, then they decided to put him on the roster. That means he should be ready to play. Mm -hmm. It's just like Curtis Samuel Mm -hmm. last year. It is. Okay, when when you think he's ready, he's re- he's using a roster spot. Now that that particular roster spot, you know, down there that doesn't even get activated on game day is not not that big of a deal, right? But still, he's you're just wasting everybody's time right now. It seems like. And by the way, he's not if it, if it's mental, the only way to get over it is in a game. Yeah, because their practices right now. Are not even practices, really. No, they're, they're walkthroughs. They're mostly walkthroughs. They're not. It's not training camp. He's not going out there and doing one-on-one drills with Ch- uh, with Charles Leno, right? Mm-hmm. He's. They're not doing these Rigo drills and these Oklahoma no. drills no. where they're smashing into each other. They're staying not, in shape. Not in week fifteen. They're mm-hmm. not doing that right now. No. So he's not going to have that full contact in practice. No. The only way he's going to get it is in is in the game. And it's just stunning that we're still in this situation after all this time. I want to give a quick shout-out Clifton hey. Taylor for the $3. <laughs> well, we appreciate you, Clifton. Uh, I know he said that he went to the game all the way from North Carolina. Wow. Um, a lot of people came from a long ways away to go to that game, including Trev. He's two-and-a-half-hour drive to uh, a three. three-hour three. drive to get out there. Yeah, yeah I'm 45 minutes. I'm not that far, but still. <laughs> I'm upset we didn't get a picture. We, we didn't get a picture. It, you know what? I thought about that. You know, I, I had all these ideas of things that I wanted to do for content and all that mm-hmm. other stuff with pictures and videos. But, man, once you get there, you just want to tailgate. You do. And you just want to go up there into the suite and, and take it all in and, it so cool, and, and just watch the game. And then next thing you know. Oh, we forgot to do all these pictures and content mm-hmm. and everything. You just get all caught up in it. Uh, but uh, yeah, so it was. Uh, it's kind of a wrap on uh, this past week's game. I don't like. And real quick, I just don't like yeah. the comment when Chase Young says, "Yeah, I practices are great. I feel fine, but we have a plan, and we're sticking to it." I don't. For someone who quote-unquote, wants to play, it doesn't sound too confident that he's going to play this season. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm really getting disappointed. Oh, I heard a theory. Okay. I heard a theory uh, somewhere. I won't, I won't uh, mention where I heard it. But they may be holding him out because they're thinking about trading him in the no, offseason. Stop it. Stop. I'm just, I, I just, I'll I cry right know. now. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know what you would get for a um, – you know, for a guy who's played a season and a half and wasn't even that great, he's coming off a major injury anyway. Bro, he would he would get a lot of attention if we if we were to trade him. He would get a lot of attention. Oh yes, yeah, I mean, he's only like twenty two years old. Exactly, right? bro. Which That's is another saying. reason why I don't understand why he's not fully recovered from this injury. He's twenty two. He's not thirty two. 
Maybe it's really bad. He's not know. Logan Thomas. Maybe it's like, maybe like I'm not, and I'm not saying anybody's scared, but like, think about it. You blow out your knee and mm-hmm. you patellar tendon. It's like, yo, like, what if it happens again on my other knee? Like, yeah. that's got to be playing in his head every single day, probably forty times a, you know, an hour. Like, that's got to be playing going into effect. Got <laughs> to. Yeah. So who knows? Uh, who knows? It was a uh, it was a uh, it was a rough week uh, for all of us. I'm still kind of recovering, trying to make up for. Yeah, uh, bro. Time. Like that. I just don't get it. Yeah, we should have won that game. <laughs> we should we should have won that game. We'd be in the position to um, just have to win basically one more game, and we'd be in the playoffs. Now, the good thing is, Trev. Mm-hmm. Two things. Number one, we're still the seventh seed. We are today. We're still in the playoffs. We are okay. So that's a that's one thing. The second thing is we still control our own destiny. We do. As long as we win out, we don't care what all the other teams do. No, the chances of us winning out are not great. I'm just saying saying that we have a chance to do that. Then we'll be in the playoffs. We need Giants, Lions, and Seahawks to lose every other game. Yeah, and and that'll be fine, and then we won't have. Then maybe we can just win it's one possible. or two more, and and mm-hmm. we can get in. So let's get into that. Okay. What is it going to take? Oh man, to beat the San Francisco 49ers, and we'll talk about that here in just a second. The game is brought to you by Pacers Running Stores. Pacers has five stores in Northern Virginia and DC. For the best running footwear, apparel, and gear, just stop by or schedule a virtual fitting with the best running experts in the business. Pacers Running exists to help as many people as possible through running. For every run, it's Pacers Running. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. <laughs> 